0: Welcome to the Fancy Sports Cave. We're so excited about this live stream. Um, Steve is already talking about it. But here we go. We're talking about the NFC South. I'm Steve, I'm sports guy David. He's Coach Zezzy. How are you doing, Coach Zezzy? I'm
1: doing good, man. Just got out of class. Glad to be here and not in there. Let's get into it.
0: All right. So AFC South or NFC South was a very interesting. Um, Draft class. So I'm gonna start out with the Atlanta Falcons. Of, the Atlanta Falcons, I thought we were gonna get offensive tackle slash guard at the 12th pick. I got the position right. I got the guy wrong. So with the 14th overall picked, they selected Chris Lynch Lindstrom from Boston College. And if you have seen our NFL draft on uh, mock draft live, um, you would know that this guy, um, and, um Alex Fernandez predicted this guy going to the Vikings. And if you haven't seen that, definitely watch that. We definitely get a clip-up of that. But it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty funny when he was announcing the name. But this guy is 6'4", 308. Um, and you need help on the run game and the passing game, protecting Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan got another weapon in uh, Ridley. He was there last year, but now teams know about him more. So they're going to target him more. You got Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, and Devontae Freeman. I think Devontae Freeman is going to come back with a bang. He's projected not even a top 15 runner back this year. I think he's going to switch that around real quick. Devontae Freeman is a monster when he's healthy. And Te- Tevin Coleman's out of the picture. And you're going to put Ito Smith in the mix as a, as a reliable backup. I think that um, Devontae Freeman is going to have a great year. Following that pick with the number 31 pick, they traded up to get the 31 pick they selected another tackle um Caleb McGarry from Washington. Now this guy is even bigger than the first selection. He's 6'7", 307. So this guy has that length and he has everything in his reach It's it's pretty amazing. Um his protection overall with these first two picks, you're going to be a, you're in a tough division. You're with the Saints, Panthers and Bucks, not so much Bucks, but the rest of the division is pretty tough. First two picks, what do you think about these two back-to-back offensive line picks
1: yeah it was definitely their biggest need on the team right looking at McGarry with the length of those arms I mean once he gets full extension on you as a defensive lineman I mean you're in his world you're pretty stuck at that point but let's talk about the fantasy implications that's what this podcast is mainly about fantasy implications Matt Ryan was the second best fantasy quarterback you know in football last year not many people know that um but it literally just gets better for him. You know, you add two projected starters on day one, you get Devontae Freeman back. I mean, he did that for a couple of reasons. He did, number one, because they had one of the worst defenses in the league always playing from behind. But they couldn't run the football either. Tevin Coleman, turns out, he's kind of the Tyler Boyd of running backs. You know, very good in a supportive role when given the bell cow role, not so much. Maybe that was more towards the offensive line's fault. We'll see what he does in San Francisco to find out on that. But, um, I mean, Matt Ryan, you got to feel good about him moving forward. You got to feel good about all these guys, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, especially Julio Jones. I think we can definitely see some positive touchdown regression for Julio Jones this year. You know, no touchdowns through eight weeks last year. That's definitely not going to be the case this year, at least I wouldn't think. Um, but I love these two picks, man. It was their biggest need, um, and to the point you made about Devontae Freeman, man. I mean, he could—he's going to be as good as he is healthy, because we know what he is when he's healthy. And he's a top ten in the league running back. You know, if they can produce an average offensive line and he could be healthy, he will be a startable at least RB two asset in fantasy, if not RB one. He's one of the bigger risks take at the running back position. Can we say that? Like him, guys like him, Sony Michelle, on Johnson, a because we either don't know how much playing time or touches they're going to get. Or B because of health concerns. So you know those are some of the risk riskier options down there. RB two, do you feel comfortable with Devonte Freeman as your clear RB two with a big drop off to your RB three, or would you rather have him as like a celebrity RB three and you went heavy with three out of four picks in the in the first few rounds to go running back? Or where would you feel comfortable with Freeman?
0: As of now, as of I ha- he has a lot of upside. It's just it's really risky, like you said. So I'm gonna go with the second option as a celebrity. Um RB because I he's gonna drop he's gonna drop in a lot of mock drafts. I don't know particularly where his ADP is at right now, but I'm pretty sure you could sneak him with a, a pretty late pick. And um it's just all upside and risk because a lot of people are not gonna take a chance on him, but I'm willing to take a chance. I would take a chance on him. I, I'm comfortable in both situations. I could have him as RB2 and or RB3, maybe even a flex, um, with RB1 two numbers. So right. either way, either way. He, if he stays healthy, this is a great upside. You got two tackles to help you, and then with the with the hundred eleventh pick, three rounds later, because they traded all their, their picks, three rounds later, the hundred eleventh pick, they got a they got a cornerback, um, Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State. Now he's capable of becoming a starter. He has great size, speed, and hands. Can make up his midsteps with great aggressive hands. He always finds a way to get get in the way of those passes to the receivers. I could see him coming as a backup, playing maybe in the nickel, the smaller guys, or even tight ends. But um, what do you think? They, they definitely needed the a cornerback help. What do you think about this pick, Ohio State?
1: Yeah, I would say that was their second biggest hole as a team last season was in the secondary. Part of that was because you didn't have a pass rush to speak of. But, you know, um, you got to tackle one thing at a time. That was just the best value on the board, most likely to them at that point in the draft. Uh, I think the biggest thing had to be the offensive line, though. It, you had it had to be the offensive line. Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. You have to protect that man. Um, but on defense, you know, as far as pass rusher goes, you know, it's been a while since since Vic Beasley was, you know, of relevance of the, of the top ten pass rusher category. So um, definitely had to put some things together on defense. I know they acquired someone via free agency as far as pass rush is concerned. I'm trying to recall the name right now, but it'll it'll come to it'll come to me in a minute. But it's a good pick for him. It's a big team need.
0: Yeah. Falcons, I think, they really – it's weird. They went to the Super Bowl one year and then didn't even make the playoffs the next. Um, they really dropped off, but I see them coming back. This is a tough division. we got the Saints and um, and the Panthers. Maybe Bucks are still going to fall behind. But speaking of the Bucks, the Bucks, I said all season long last year that they were the worst pass defense ever. They had one of the best offenses due to the fact Fitzpatrick threw for 500 yards for three years, and that average carried them out throughout the season but they had one of the worst defenses overall really so they got their man best available with the fifth overall pick Devin White from LSU we talked about this guy I had a feeling he was gonna go there um but I try to go a little um I was thinking a little this was like my wild card pick I had Greedy Williams going there um cornerback he ended up getting picked way later from the browns which i think he's gonna be great can't wait to talk about that but Devin white is fast he can make an impact you're gonna know this guy once he gets on the field you're you're gonna know be like all right we got to stay away from that guy because that dude could tackle he is fast he's aggressive he could wrap up and it, it's funny because i'm saying this guy's good at tackling but that's his job but you see nfl guys you, there's a lot of missed tackles throughout <coughs> all the games so um I'm really excited to see how this guy is going to be on the NFL level. Devin White, what do you think about him?
1: I think he's what you need in an NFL la- linebacker in today's league. Someone who's sideline to has sideline to sideline speed can cover running backs out of the backfield, but is an every-down linebacker. Can be in the three technique. Can uh, you know can start from the standing position in the outside linebacker. He spent he, when he first got to LSU. I think he was an inside linebacker, but unlike Devin, uh, unlike Devin Bush, who we'll probably talk about a little later. Oh no, excuse me. that's a different team. Uh, but yes, you know, he multiple stances, you know, multiple uses, you know, extremely durable. As far as as far as I was able to, to research, never missed a game in college. Coming out of the SEC, you know, the best best conference in college football, you needed you needed to hit with this pick if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You needed to hit with this pick right here. In a, in a, in a, in a draft class. Just fueled with all sorts of great defensive talent. You needed to hit on this pick. They decided to go with the multi-diversal or the tool at linebacker. It's their biggest hole. They don't got a pass rusher. They don't have a reliable cornerback outside of Brett Grimes. He's going to be turning 36 this year. In other words, by the time they achieve relevance and get into contending, become a contender, if they can do that, he's most likely going to be over the hill by then. So that's got to be the next. But right now they address pass rush as well as linebacker coverage in one pick. I love it.
0: Yeah, they 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 got two birds with one stone. Love this pick. All all the analysis, all the experts thought he was gonna go there. They were right. I was wrong, but they did address cornerback with their next pick. Seven um um seven picks in the second round. They got cornerback Shane Bunting from central Michigan. Now he has great size, six foot. I love tall corners. I rather pick a tall corner with lack speed than a small, fast one, just because how big they are and they could just put their hands up. Um, he plays aggressively. He isn't scared to square up with up against wideouts. He's big name wideouts you're gonna be facing like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, even the, the secondary guys in there like Ridley and all. Um, he could be a little handsy downfield. There's a lot of uh, um, passing interference potential that he he had or he could get that, but he had it in college. I think that the end of the transition will help him with that. But um, he got. He, I think he's gonna excel because he, you're in a pass heavy. James Winston. Well, Fitzmagic and James Winston last year, they had one of the best passing. Not the best. They had the the most yards passing. It wasn't the best. The most yards passing throughout the whole season. You got Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and Cam Newton when he's healthy. Like, that's a lot of passing. So, they definitely need some cornerback help, which they got. I like. And then with the 31st pick in the third round, they drafted another cornerback, which I like. Jamel Dean from Auburn. Now, Dean is 6'1". He ran a 4-3-40. Now that's pretty fast. Runner backs barely get to that speed. And with that high-end speed, could translate to NFL, big body wideouts like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. Just like I what I said with the last cornerback. But like I said, they had one of the worst, worst um pass defenses in the league. Hargraves was a first-round draft pick a couple of years ago. He hasn't been as what they expected. First round, you know, first round potential. He hasn't been there. So they got they went to go get two cornerbacks. In the second and third round, what do you think about those picks?
1: I feel like with every – there's certain divisions in the league where you look at them and go, okay, we need to get ready for that guy or we need to get ready for these guys. When you look at the NFC East, you know, the two things that stand out you know, outside the quarterback position will be Zeke and Saquon. You know, like, you know, like those are the two biggest weapons in that division probably. When you look at the NFC South, like as you said, you think of guys like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, unanimous top five players at their position so tampa bay you know being the one of the worst defenses in the league this was a big step for him okay brett grimes just hopped on a second ago he's good, turning 36 this year probably one to two more years of relevance at best vernon hargraves first round pick from 2015 i believe has not panned out to what they wanted there in tampa bay so these are some great picks um the cornerback out of michigan bundy i believe is it bundy that's his name yeah Bundy, yeah well, super, super underrated you know i saw his highlight tape you know, first of all, he comes from a big-time program in Michigan under the hardball system, right? Playing in one of the best conferences in the league, some of the be- best strength of schedule, big body corner, which is what you need. I- I- I'm-, I'm with you, sports guy, David. When it comes to the speedy nickel corner as opposed to the big-bodied uh, main corner, I- I- I'd like to go with him as well because you don't have to go man-to-man. You know, you could set it up as a zone. He could be a big presence on the line, jam receivers, at the line of scrimmage. And uh, if you go to a zone defense, you can somewhat mask his uh, – mask where he lacks speed wise so tampa bay you know they never had one set system last year they were more of a multiple three four zone man scheme but um if played the right way this could be a great pick they need someone like that you know a lot of people question this pick a lot of people question the denzel ward pick um from cleveland last year high in the first round but if you like your guy and you're just playing to a need of your division which was, was kind of the case with denzel ward um, I'm all for it. There's a big need for you guys. You got to watch out for those big receivers in this division. So I love the pick.
0: Yeah, I'm, those are great facts you threw out there because um, Buccaneers are going to be playing the backseat in that division for probably a good amount of time. So definitely get some young talent. And if they ever do come relevant, they'll be in their prime, ready to go. Moving right along. Now the Carolina Panthers haven't been in the playoff run since um I can't really remember the last time they've been on a real playoff ago. run two years ago.
1: Yeah
0: last year they started out I think six and oh eight and oh eight and one and then they lost eight straight. It was crazy. They had a crazy drop off due to injuries. Um McCaffrey was my boy. He he um he was just he's just my boy. But Cam Newton, shoulder injury, prone, all that stuff. So now, the Carolina Panthers definitely needed a pass rusher. Last pass rusher, I believe, that made relevance was Julius Peppers. He is now, I believe, retired and has a front office job somewhere. But Julius Peppers was the Panthers. You thought the Panthers, you thought Julius Peppers. So they needed a franchise name, franchise player to put the Panthers with. And I think they got it. In the 16th overall pick, they got Brian Burns from Florida State. I predicted he was going to go with the Seahawks. He fit the Seahawks' template of a, a mean, nasty, defensive guy. But the Panthers got him at 16. That's great value. I I don't think it was too high, too low. I think it's perfect. He had 15 and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks, three pass breakups, and three forced fumbles that led the, the Florida State defense his senior, or his last year there. He's great pat-rush ability. He could get his hands up, like I said, three pass breakups. He could always put his hands up on the edge, on those screens. He always – He's, he's always interrupting the pass of the ball, and uh, he, he's fast as well. He ran a four five three 40-dash, and uh, that's pretty quick for a defensive end. Um, some wide receivers barely get to that. So you got a fast, aggressive edge guy I think will give you the edge um, in those big matches that you definitely need some pass rush. What do you think about uh, Brian Burns, Florida State?
1: Yeah, man. Um, when I look at the well, first one, I look at the Carolina Panthers. You know, on offense, solidified Bell cow, Christian McCaffrey, got yoked this offseason. Okay. If you guys haven't seen those, but yeah, if you guys haven't seen those pictures yet, look it up. You, okay. Your boy's thick. All right. And he deserves to be to be recognized in those in the top three selections for fantasy this year. Um, you know, franchise quarterback in Cam Newton, still just thirty years old, still got a few years left with him at the very least. On defense, one of the best middle linebackers in the league, Luke Keekly. He's right up there with Bobby Wagner. You got Thomas Davis Sr. A little on the older side little on the older side, but still played at a high level last year. So I really wanted to see them address either the front seven or the front seven on defense or the offensive line. They decided to go with Brian Burns. I think for that value right there in the draft, I absolutely love the pick. Okay, he's going to come in there and be able to create some good matchups for himself based off who already they, they already have there and having to deal with guys like Luke Keekley. What they kind of do is they kind of play a 3-4 under sort of scheme where the linebackers are almost slanted to a side pre-snap so if you want to th- go ahead and throw burns in the opposite side of luke keekley and just create ma- matchups like it, it really is already in the scheme there for you so uh, i'd love to see some of that and um yeah you know these guys they came out six and two i believe it was before a monumental collapse starting on thursday night in pittsburgh where they came out and took the lead with less than two minutes into the game and then from that point in their season onward it just never happened for them like, it, it's it's almost inexplicable just how bad um the, that collapse was but um yeah, I, I love the pick for him. They were just average in the league from what I remember. I believe they were seventeenth. He might, he might have more accurate numbers than I do on that. Seventeenth as far as uh as far as uh, sacks were concerned last year. So it's a good pick.
0: Yeah, and like you said, with Luke Kuechly, if he stays healthy, I know he has a lot of health concerns as well. Um, so that could be a pretty good tandem, and Kleekly could show him the ways. Um, because he is also getting up in age. Now the 37th overall pick in the in the draft. The Panthers addressed to something they definitely needed due to the fact Cam Newens keep on getting injured. He's keep on getting pressured. He always has to run out of the pocket. He runs. He gets injured. Um and he's your franchise. He's your franchise quarterback. Cam Newen still got it. I a lot of people think he doesn't, but I think he does. Um I still have hope for Cam newen but with the guard or they went to go get a guard. They got Greg little from Ole miss now i projected him um not escaping the first round um but a lot of players did escape the first round and a lot of players i didn't even mention made the first round but this will help both mccaffrey and the running lanes and he's also a receiver he's also a great receiver he was the leading receiver there and leading rusher on this team he was the carolina panthers i call him the carolina mccaffreys um and it'll help cam newton stay um healthy greg little is a great piece, big dude, big guard. You definitely need him in, in, in Carolina to help the Panthers. Greg Little, what do you think about him?
1: Yeah, so front seven on defense and the offensive line, those are the two biggest needs they had right there. And um, from where they were placed in the second round, an average draft position just seemed like a really good pick right away. And um, you're right, the Carolina McCaffrey's is kind of what they felt like last season. Um, not to, i don't want to put too much blame on cam Newton you know Greg Olson's a fossil at this point and they really don't have a number one receiver you know they, they try to take a stab at it four years ago when they uh, five years ago now shit I'm feeling old when they drafted uh Kelvin Benjamin in the first round he had a breakout fantasy campaign then but since then we, we we've seen nothing we, we, they drafted Curtis Samuel you know he hasn't turned out to be much, uh, much amongst so this. Devin Funches. You know, Devin Funches actually turned out to be relatively productive, but once he finished his rookie contract, he tried to get paid. They weren't willing to pay him, and he moved on to Indianapolis. So, you know, th- that that's the, that's the third biggest need they had going into this offseason, but they really did address, I feel, their two biggest holes, which was the front seven and the offensive line. You know, you've you got your bell cow. Cam Newton can just be a game manager and they can solidify things on defense, they can make a run for this postseason. But – um. You know, I was going to ask you a question, but I'm actually going to wait until we finish our, our, our last team here. But um, I love the pick.
0: Yeah, you definitely need to protect Cam Newton, But the the Carolina Panthers was very interesting, got some insurance for Cam Newton, And with the – I don't have the number pick he got. In the third round, they went to go get their future franchise quarterback. I think he's my favorite quarterback in the draft, Will Greer from West Virginia now I thought the Chargers were going to pick him up I really liked him um just his play style he's a pocket passer he lacks a little bit of a deep ball but he's not afraid to throw it up there for your receivers um he has great rhythm and once he gets rhythm it's really hard to stop him and I just I, I, I just really like just everything about him I seen his tape and I was just like man this guy I see him in the NFL but playing behind Cam Newton, or and and or if Cam Newton gets injured, I see him stepping in. I see him as one of the rookie quarterbacks this year, seeing some playing time very early in their career due to the fact because of Cam Newton's injury. There's reports that he is barely throwing. Um, he had a shoulder injury on his throwing arm. He's barely throwing right now in OTAs. So, um, if your quarterback's barely throwing a couple of months before the NFL, he says he's on on pace to start week one. But I I feel like real Greer will get some definitely some definitely get some playing time. What do you think about this pick? You like it? Don't like it? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think there were two motivating factors for their pick here in Will Greer. Number one, Cam Newton has shown that he's a little prone to injury, right? You know, over the last two weeks of the season, he I believe he missed the last two weeks of the season, the last three weeks of the season. Um, Will Greer and. Body type is very, you know, pro pro NFL. You know I mean? Big big body quarterback, lots of experience in high school, a two-and-a-half to three-year starter at West Virginia. This guy was projected to go as high as number 30 to the Chargers. You know, he was projected to go to you guys in some mock drafts, maybe not specifically to you guys, but he was projected back into the first round, beginning of the second round, to you guys are the Patriots, Was the two common guys I was seeing. So to pick him up in the third, I think it was a combination of extreme value and the fact that they know there is a decent chance Cam Newton does miss some time last, uh, this upcoming season. And we've seen it a lot. You know, the, the team that won the, that won it all two years ago in the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they had to rely on a backup quarterback. The, the Panthers had to rely on one last year. It, a lot of scenarios come up in which, you know, teams are, might lose their starter and yet still be in contention. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a combination of those two things, value and recognizing Cam Newton's, Uh, flaw in that sense. He's only 30 years old, though. So realistically, I think Cam Newton's got about four years, good years left. You know, he's a little banged up from being a bit of a more of a mobile quarterback early in his career. But I think he's still got four years of his prime remaining. Uh, Maybe not quite the MVP Cam we saw, but he's got some time. I like the pick, though, with Will Greer. I just don't want him to get stuck. You know, if two years go by and Cam Newton doesn't miss a game or he's only missed one or two games, which is very possible, you know, what do you do with Will Greer? You know, you got a second-round talent that is probably well-developed sitting there behind a clipboard. So this team could find themselves in a very difficult position in a couple years, but um, for now, it's a smart insurance pick with a lot of value.
0: Yeah, um, insurance definitely, and because – can and, and I feel like once Will Greer does play, you got you got McCaffrey back here. If you're not comfortable throwing it downfield, you could throw you could dump it to McCaffrey and he could get you a first down. I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. But if, if he does it's gonna be a real hard decision two years, what does he want to do? How how long? I don't know his contract um details, but I think they I believe they signed him to a four year. But um was he's gonna want to play, you know, you got an NFL to play, not become someone's backup. So it's really gonna be interesting. What they do with that when that time comes. So, moving on to our last team here New Orleans Saints. Now, New Orleans Saints pretty much have, they're probably one of the closest thing to complete team in the NFL. They did struggle against the pass defense, but they, they versed a lot of good teams. Matt Ryan, like you said, number two, fantasy football um, quarterback. They, if anything, was had to be addressed, was that which they did. But with the first pick, or the second pick, because they, they traded away the first pick. I forgot for what. They they don't have a first pick. So with the 16th pick in the second round, they got Eric McCoy from Texas A&M Center. Also could play guard. Um, the biggest number that I liked when I was looking this guy up was 0.0. Well, I should say the lowest number, 0.0. Zero sacks allowed in 471 pass snaps as center. Now, that's, um, that's insane. His 471 snaps, you haven't let a, a guy through to sack your guy. So that is protection. You definitely need Drew Brees getting up there in age. Any hit could take him out. Well, any hit could take anyone out anytime. But he's a little bit there up in age. He really don't have an injury his a history. So, um, But you definitely got to get the best value at 16th in the second round. And I think that is. He he holds amazing value. Like zero sacks. That's insane. I think they, they can move him on to the guard side. Or moving on one center, that front seven is 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 not the best, but I I have no problem with it now. But adding a guy like him could really solidify it and help both Kamara and Drew Brees with more protection. What do you think about this center pick?
1: Yeah, like you said, man, one of the most complete teams in the league, right? When I think of complete teams in the league, I think of the Saints. I think of the Chargers. I think of the Patriots, you know. not No real glaring holes here, right? Drew Brees, you know, he's still doing Drew Brees things, but at some point he's got to fall off. You don't know when that's going to be. Um, with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara in the backfield there. but Alvin obviously getting a majority of the work. We'll see if they lean on them a little more this season. We'll see where Drew Brees is at. But until we start to see a decline, protect him, man. Protect him and give him weapons, and that's what they've done. They gave him Jared Cook, you know, a top five receiving tight end from last season to go along with Michael Thomas in the receiving game. You know, you gave Alvin Kamara Latavius Murray. So Alvin Kamara, I'm telling you, Alvin Kamara is still going to be averaging almost 20 touches a game, but, you know, your running back position in today's league is going to average nearly 30, if not more, touches a game sometimes. So they got a good guy there, um, a proven running back in Latavius Murray, not a pro bowl running back, but a proven vet in Latavius to spell him at the running back position um on defense you had a top you had a top 10 even at times top five on defense last season you know especially with their first round pick and Lattimore work, working out from a couple years ago or last year maybe um so yeah you know the, the Saints I mean they it's two years in a row now two years in a row brutal absolutely brutal playoff exits you know some of the worst you know that we can absolutely imagine with the miracle of Minnesota and then this bullshit from last year with with, with LA no, no disrespect to the Rams fans but um, yeah, you know, no glaring holes. Solidify that line. Protect your franchise and give him weapons. And Drew Brees is still that guy.
0: Yeah, he will always be that guy. He's capable of throwing 5,000 yards any season. I see him throwing 5,000 yards again this season. Now, like I said, if they had to address any point in their team, was definitely the pass defense. And um, they versus the Buccaneers, they had one of the highest numbered pass offense. This year, they had they had to verse Matt Ryan twice a year. They've versed a lot of great teams that have um, a lot of great passing games. So with that, um, they went back-to-back in the next two rounds with safeties. Also could play just defensive backs in general. Um, third pick in the fourth round, they selected Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida. Amazing value, 105th overall. He was projected to go in the late first, early second, maybe slip into the third. And that's where he – early third, and that's where where he, he landed. Um, dude, he has amazing range over the top, and you can play inside, outside, large tight ends, or nickel. He's versatile, and that's what you need because – let me give you a quick example. The Chargers lost to the Ravens week 17, or the last game, week 17. 16. Uh, 16. Um, and we just got stomped. We got stomped. We versed them, rematched in the playoffs away. And what we did was we lacked a lot of linebackers. So what we did, we moved Adrian Phillips, pro bowler, special teamer, pro bowler, safety, to the linebacking position, and we moved Derwin James. We had four safeties out there at once, pretty much. And um, they they used them as a linebacker, as a nickel, and guess what? Lamar Jackson only threw for not even more than 150 yards. So I feel like they can use that same template, throw them in, throw them in the – Tight end throw him in the nickel spot. You could even throw him at the little like a linebacker slash nickel back. I feel like they could just use he's so versatile. I feel like they could use that to their advantage with this. A couple picks um, later, they got another depth player, Shaquan Hampton from Rutgers. Big hitter. This dude is a big hitter. He can force the ball out in the open field. If you're if he's one on one with you, you better watch out because he could definitely make a forced fumble at any second. I see him as a backup. Depth player, safety, defensive back, nickel back. All those positions, like I said, with uh, Gardner-Johnson. He can also make a special teams impact. Special teams um, is really, really actually a important role to have. You got these depth players. They, a lot of these depth players, that's the only time they get some playing time. So they're definitely going to make um, what they can out of it with both Hampton and Gardner-Johnson. I think these are great picks to address. the not the greatest pass defense in the league, if you want to become Super Bowl champs and get to that next level,
1: yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. This team is, I don't know how many more chances they're going to get. You know, I, I want to see this team succeed so bad, especially now that we've seen uh, two just brutal playoff exits. Um, what do you think the ceiling is, or if not the ceiling, what is your prediction for the Saints this year and how far they're going to go?
0: It's fun you asked because we got Furman Hernandez. What's up, Furman? Um, the Ferminator asked us who you think has the biggest chance of making the uh, winning the Super Bowl, and we haven't made any predictions yet. But this is my first one. I think for the NFC, it's gonna be between the Rams and the Saints. I think the Saints really do have a good shot. You got Kamara, you got Latavius Murray. Um, their backup was Mark Ingram last year, he moved on. Latavius Murray was from the Vikings, I believe, and he he has some spur too, so it's, it's gonna be pretty interesting. How they involve him into it as a backup because I know there's another running back fighting for that backup role. I just can't remember his name. Um, but I think the Saints have a real good shot. They they beefed up that defense. You got a great uh, rush defense or pass pass rush defense. And you got you got Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Arguably maybe DeFonte Adams and Hopkins is up there fantasy-wise. But I think the Saints got a real shot, and if um Hopefully luck is on their side this time because, like you said, I don't know how much chances they are going to get due to the fact that Jabriz is getting up there in age. Who's their who's their backup quarterback? Or they got that Taysom Hill guy. Uh, but they could use him. But I don't know if as a starter quarterback. But um, what do you think, NFC-wise, do you think the Saints got a shot? I think they do.
1: I, I do, but just to touch on your quarterback point real quick, Taysom Hill is the back of it, but they also got Teddy Bridgewater, who they signed back Teddy as well. I forgot about that. Uh, he was actually offered way more money to go play in Miami, but he said no, either A, because he recognized his function, or B, because, or both, maybe because he was co- also comfortable in New Orleans. I mean, they've probably basically told him at this point, you know, ride it out, and you'll have the keys to the kingdom in two or three years. Teddy B still just 27 years old, I believe, if not younger at this point so i mean he could definitely still turn into your franchise somewhere down the road i think he's more likely to take the reins and taste him i mean taste more of a gadget player but no disrespect to taste him he's out there on special teams he's out there playing fullback he's out there he, he, he might kick a field goal next year I, I don't know but you know um as far as my prediction goes you know um i'm not sure our our, our fan here i'm not sure whose team he's a fan of he's a raider but, uh, fan. he's a raider fan that's, yeah that's cool but um yeah, man. My prediction from this division is actually leading towards the Atlanta Falcons right now. I'm actually leaning towards Atlanta. You know, finishing with a the third best offense in the league last season. You know, you uh you had four of your top five DBs injured at one point of the season. Absolutely brutal. Deion Jones injured, missed significant time. Uh, you know, with with the changes you've made, if you if if the, this off the offense is going to be good. But it's going to be good in a different way. It's going to be a top three offense that can actually run the football and control the clock. Uh, with, some of the, with some of the acquisitions they've made on defense and retaining Jay Alford on the outside, uh, I have big hopes for this team, man. And, you know, it's, it's got to happen at some point. I, I should be taking the wait-and-see approach I do with the Patriots. Though. I'll see it when I believe it. But um, I feel like I already did kind of see a little bit last year. I don't really have too much faith. And the Carolina Panthers at this point in time, um, I think they could be a French playoff team. But right now, the division crown for me is going to go between New Orleans and Atlanta. But right And right now, I'm semi-leaning Atlanta.
0: Furman says Atlanta always comes out short. Now, you made a lot of valid points. And um, I think it's going to be a battle. It's going to come down. I haven't seen the schedule yet. We will do a live stream breaking down each – not each week, but each division and schedule-wise and predictions and all that, all that fun shit. But mm-hmm. – I think Atlanta does have a lot of I, I'm telling you, Devontae Freeman's gonna come out and he's gonna I feel like you could sneak him. I need to find his ADP and and find out if it's worth it because I think he he has to be falling out at least the first four rounds. At least I, I remember when I'm doing Monk 38. 38? 38? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's pretty good. Back in um, the fourth round, you know. Yeah. That that sounds about right. Um, but a lot, I feel like a lot of players are gonna sleep on him, and you could probably even get him. A little later but you got Ridley you got Julio Jones that's I think that's one of the best I can't really think of another duo that added up for more touchdowns than both of them Julio Jones had eight I think Ridley almost had about around eight um I think they're gonna be the best duo in the NFC yeah I can't think of another one Devante Adams and Scout Galina I don't really got a great duo there um
1: might look at Cleveland, honestly, at this Cleveland. point. Cleveland, what they got,
0: Jarvis, not a class A. I got to see it to believe it. Yeah, he didn't really make that much noise. I know he has a lot of receptions. He's like fourth in the league coming into the league four years ago in receptions, but um, we really got to see how that pans out. But I think Atlanta really has a sure shot. They got guards. Yeah, they got a great. They got a great defense as well. It's just. It's just going to see. I think it's going to come down to like one of those situational things where like. Who has the most wins? It's come down to the tiebreaker, but I, I can see both Atlanta and and um, New Orleans in the playoffs, which is going right. to be interesting. Um, did Patriot pick up any tight ends? Um, no, they didn't. I
1: they believe
0: didn't.
1: I, they got they got Benjamin Watson, they got oh. Austin Safarian Jenkins. But I mean, as far as fantasy goes, who you should be looking at now that Gronkowski's gone is Julian Edelman, guys. Yeah. Throughout his career, you know, when they've coexisted, games without Gronk and games with Gronk, there's a huge change in Julian Edelman's receptions per game, yards per game, yada, 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 because he takes over for him in in a sense. Like, that's Tom's most trusted target. When Gronk is not in the game, you can be sure of two things. James White and Julian Edelman's um, usage is going to be on the uptick. Despite the fact they got four running backs back there, including uh, Harris, who they just drafted out of Alabama, James White's role is solidified. You know, Harris can have some pass catching abilities. Rex Burkett has some pass catching abilities, but he is their pass catcher in big games, in the playoffs, in all the big games. The Super Bowl from a few years ago, James White is the guy that they utilize 14 catches. I'm sorry, bring this up. 14 catches against the San Diego Chargers, Uh, 14 catches in Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons from three from three seasons ago. You know, he's the guy they use in big games. Uh, If that changes, I'll say it to believe it. But um, yeah, the guy we should be focusing on is is Jules Daddy Edelman right now as far as those targets are,
0: are concerned. I like that nickname because that fits perf- – That I mean, he's in a PPR league. I think he's going to tear it up. Julian Elman's is definitely a good lookout. I did a mock draft recently, and I got him with the uh, um, – I got him in the third round? No, I got him in the um,
1: – yeah, Third or fourth, I believe. Third, fourth going. round.
0: I see him where he's getting drafted at. But um, Spronk gone, Benjamin Watson, and then they got – what was the other guy?
1: Safarian Jenkins, Austin yeah. Safarian Jenkins.
0: Well, Benjamin Watson, I believe, got suspended for the first four games to PEDs, and Safronson. J- I mean, he didn't make noise when he was at the Cardinals, but Cardinals didn't really have a quarterback. So i mean, Tom Brady can make any quarter or any wide receiver, or any anybody good. So, um, but Julian Edelman, Julian Daddy Edelman, is definitely a go-to pick. But you had a question. You said you didn't you wanted to ask until we're Done with all the teams? What was that question? You oh,
1: oh I, I was actually just going to ask you your division predictions. I was, I was oh. going to get your take on that. That was all.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. But if I had to pick one, um, I think it'll go. I'm going to lean towards Saints a little bit more. I like Drew Brees and what he's capable of. I see what he's capable of. I I know a lot of – I'm definitely giving the line of Falcons a lot of credit too. But I think it's going to go via – it's going to go Saints via tiebreaker. I think they're both get 11 and 5. But it's going to go to the tiebreaker to um, Saints. I think the Saints will win more division games than Atlanta. So I yeah. think it'll go Saints, Atlanta. I think Panthers will land in three. And then I think the Buccaneers are just going to stay last. What yeah, about I, think you?
1: I think a lot of people agree with you on three and four for sure. I mean, I think the Bucks are definitely going to pull up the rear this year. You know, and I think uh, Carolina is a lot of people unanimous to finish as number three. Um yeah, so right now I'm I'm, I'm going to lead Atlanta for who I think is going to take the division. I'm going to lean that way for now. Um, I think this is only the second division prediction we've done so far. I know we, we predicted the North, the AFC North, and I n- predicted this division. Have we predicted any other ones so far? NFC,
0: The NFC West and AFC West, yeah. I had Chargers, right. AFC West, NFC, NFC West. I have Rams, but okay. I have the Niners finishing second in the NFC West over the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, that's a tough division.
0: Yeah, that's you might call see three well. teams
1: come out of there. We might have to see three teams come out of that out of that division yeah. right there. I think it's going to be two teams coming out of this conference or this division rather. I think it's going to be Atlanta and uh, and New Orleans. I think we're going to get Dallas and Philly. I think we're going to get the Rams plus one. And uh, who am I missing? Oh, in the north. And then in the north, you got three teams I can obviously get in. I'm going to go with the Bears and the Packers. Yeah, Out there so
0: far, the, all these great teams it's going to be pretty interesting how who ends up where because who's going to surprise us the most and where are they going to land? One every year, so it's yeah, one every year. Um, oh, I so I got a question think, for you, okay? Bring it.
1: Who is going to be this next year's Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that was in contending? The year prior, maybe not, maybe not as quite far as the Final Four like Jacksonville was in 2017, 2018 when they got to the title game, the AFC title game, that is. And then they fall off and do not make the playoffs. So is there a team that screams Jacksonville Jaguars to you, someone that made the postseason that will not be making it
0: this season? Um, If I have to go with someone, um, this just goes with my other prediction I make. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I think – I I Doug Baldwin's out. They got DK Metcalf. I love all the upside. They got defense. They pound the defense. But I think the 49ers are going to find their way to sneak in via tiebreaker as well. And I think the Seahawks are not going to fall off. I think they're just going to get a shitty hand drawn to them. And the 49ers will somehow find their way in the playoffs. And the Seahawks are not. So if I had to cope with anyone, it would have to probably be the Seahawks. All oh, the other teams, I see Cowboys. I see Eagles. I see Bears. I see all the AFC teams, Patriots, Colts. I see all those teams going, but if I had to pick one, it'll probably be the Seahawks and the 49ers taking their spot. If anyone. I know that's bold. I love this I love DK Metcalf to the Seahawks. I love their team is great, their defense is great. But to go with my prediction to solidify my prediction. I'm I'm, I'm standing my I'm holding my ground on this. Uh, I okay. think the 49ers are going to steal that second spot, so the second uh, wild card seed. Okay.
1: I mean, I could see them both having winning records, but obviously just one will get in. Um, it's not that bold of a prediction. I mean, when you're, in a, when you're in a division with a team like the Rams or the Chiefs, you know, maybe, not, not, maybe not so much the Chiefs anymore, but when you're in a team with a division like the Rams, you know, high, unanimous high-powered offense, top 10 defense, or at least top 15 defense, you know, you're almost playing for second place automatically. So it's not that bold to say that wouldn't make it. I, I'm going to go – it's a good pick, though. I, I'm going to go with uh, the Houston Texans. I'm going to go with the Houston
0: Texans. Texans. Oh, yeah. You know,
1: I just, I just, you know, you really didn't do enough, in my opinion, to solidify the offensive line. Um, meaning meaning like I, i'm looking at this for potential risk you know i just gotta i just got a class right now a nursing fundamentals class we write a lot of things called nursing diagnosis right at risk for blank uh patient at risk for blank deshaun watson is at risk for getting fucking broken because he got hit 64 times last year via sack and um you know they haven't really done much to address it because of that he's at risk for injury once again and if he goes down the whole team goes down you know De- 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 deandre hopkins is all of a sudden nowhere near as valuable you know Lamar Miller and the rest of the offense, nowhere near as valuable. That defense is great. JJ one, J- Javion J- clown. That's awesome. Two, two top 10 pass rushers in the league. You're, you're not going to be any good if you're on the field 90% of the time. So I just, uh, I'm fearful for that in their offensive line. And I think they're a strong candidate for a team that made the postseason last season, even won their division, but uh will not be joining the dance this season.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to talk about that next week. When we talk about the AFC South, we might as well get into it now, but, John Watson did get sacked 60 plus times. He had a collapsed lung at once, one point of his time. He he just riddled with injuries. And um they also had a very, very easy schedule. Probably I think it was the easiest schedule in the league. That's what that's why they won the division. You see him versus the Colts and they just got mopped up. You didn't even see the competitiveness come out. Just they did address stuff on the offensive line. You're right, not enough, maybe you need a whole another line. You need depth players. They And who's their back? I can't really think who their backup is. So when Watson is down and it's, it's pretty interesting no that you said once he's injured, De- DeAndre Hopkins is going to be absent. And I think that's what some players, some fantasy players got to put in mindset. Like, okay, if Watson's out, to sh- um, Hopkins is not going to get a lot of thrones to them or not good thrones. He could he can catch whatever gets to him. But it's not as good as Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is an MVP. I think he'll win an MVP before his career is over. This dude, he is, can, talented. Yeah. He is mm-hmm. talented. You just got to. I I feel like the Texans should have addressed it. Their whole draft to offensive line: seven picks, seven guards, and tackles, and a center. You would have got a whole line. I really, I really, I really strongly wish they did, but they didn't. They got a couple, but um, Texans, I can see falling out. I see the Colts winning that division will freeze up another um, div- uh, another wild card spot for maybe, like, the uh, – maybe you know,
1: Jacksonville, maybe.
0: Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Right now, but I don't
1: know. I, th- I think two teams are going to come out of that NFC North as well. But to touch on your Hopkins point real quick, you know, I, I can't contradict myself because what I've said in the past is, like, no matter who's throwing the ball at DeAndre Hopkins, he still produces. Like, yeah, he still produces as a fantasy asset. But just as an offense in general, you know – their upside is going to be capped. You know, if you got a guy like Tom Savage back there, and your only threat at scoring is DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to bracket him, and or more, even more so. You know, he he he'll still put up points fantasy wise. He he is as safe a pick as you can really make fantasy wise in DeAndre Hopkins, but the upside will be capped. The entire team's upside will be capped. You know, we saw what. The, their playoff matchup was with when with Brock Osweiler at the helm a couple of years ago when uh I forget who it was that came to town that absolutely just mopped him up but any, anyways um yeah that's what I meant by that and here's how sad that the situation is in Houston this is how bad it is okay you know me okay I'm very pessimistic about my team rightfully so we suck but I would li- I would put the Giants' offensive line ahead of Houston right now. That just that should just tell you just how bad this offensive line is. To be fair, we actually did make some legit moves, but still, as a whole, we're not that good. But we're still better than this bunch right now. Um, making Deshaun Watson a big injury risk, and uh, that's why I think they're going to fall out.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of teams you could put that have a worse record than the Texans over the Texans offensive line just in general there's a lot of teams that did a lot worse than them but have a better offensive line so it's going to be interesting you talk about that cuz next week we're going to talk about the AFC South um yeah we're talking about the AFC South Nick Folds um they got, Nick, they, got they got Josh Allen back there and he's going to tear it up i think they're going to solidify that defense back to once it was when it once was so it's going to be pretty interesting to see that. Um, Coach Zezzi, where can they find you on social media?
1: Yeah, real quick, hot take. Jacksonville Jaguars defense is going to be the next Bears next season. Just throwing Ooh, that out there right now. Nice. They're, going be the, they're going to be the new number one. I'm just saying. But, um, yeah, as always, you guys can – fucking fly. Yeah, yeah, as always, you guys can find me at Coach Zezzi on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Sunday afternoon, me and Alex Fernandez will be doing the MMA – podcast, following all the, uh, the events in Stockholm, Sweden, Saturday night, Smith versus Gustafson. And uh, yeah, we'll be back at some point next week for the, NFC, for the AFC South. There we go.
0: There it is. All these divisions, it's hard to keep track. If you want to find me, you can find me at Sports Guy David, both Twitter and Instagram. And keep your eye out for the Nose Nose fantasy football page. I'm definitely getting that in the works. I'm going to have a lot of fancy stuff. 100 followers. Every 100 followers, I'm doing a giveaway. Um, so, hopefully by the NFL season, that will be starting. Me, me, that will be me and Coach Zezzi, um taking care of that um, Fancy old fantasy stuff. We do M- NBA podcast. The finals are on right now. Raptors one game one. Crazy. We're covering L- um, LA. Doing great. Vela, 14 goals, 15, 14 games. It's crazy. LA Galaxy. All that fun stuff. Great photography from all our team. If you want to find any of us, you literally click in Fantasy Sports Cave into any – any social media outlet, and we will be there with information. Oh, the L.A. Sparks, they kick off um, today. They they, they have their season debut. Derek Fisher, cool interviews with him. Um, Check that out on the website, Francis Sports website, Francis Sports Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. So um, there you have it. Next week, sometime next week, most likely Tuesday, we're going to tackle the ASC South, Jacksonville Jaguars, Colts, Titans, and Texans. So there you have it. I'm Sports Guy Dave. That's Coach and I'm out.